Welcome to another episode of Brick House, the podcast about reframing porn addiction. I'm your host, Ben Fraser, who also happens to be a recovering porn addict. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, behind the scenes of the pornography industry. We're going to focus on one story of one particular woman, and um, it's kind of a sad story, as you might imagine. Um, but it gives a little bit of humanity to these these pictures that we see in pornography. So stick around and you'll hear about that. But first, the 60-second check-in. I'm recording this episode in a motel room. I'm away on business right now. And um, this can be a potentially um, triggering situation for me. So um, that's why I decided actually to record this podcast, because um, what better way to stay sober than to think about reasons to stay sober? (laughs) And doing this podcast uh, helps me think about those reasons. Um, Otherwise, I'm uh, doing pretty well. It's been over a month since the last time I looked at porn. And um, my life is uh, stabilizing since uh, some of the upheavals of the last year. So I did get a little bit of feedback from somebody who heard the last episode, number 61, who said, keep those podcasts coming. So that little bit of encouragement was really helpful to me. And uh, here I am recording another podcast. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get to the show. So I'm going to start off this episode with a trigger warning. Um, I'm not going to say anything graphic, but I am going to mention the name of the actress or the, the name of the model, I should say. And um, there's pictures of her on the internet. So um, basically, I'm wondering if you who are listening to this can hear the name of a model and not Google it. That's my question for you. Can you hear this name and not Google it and not look up the pictures? Um, maybe you can't. You know, Maybe you're in a place in your recovery where just hearing the name of the model is too much and you can't resist, and um, you don't need to listen to this episode. So this is a, why don't you just pause it for a minute and, and decide what makes sense for you. Okay, so here we are. We're back. So uh, let's start the show. But before we start the show, I want to mention that um, most of the information that uh, I'll be sharing with you today, I got from another podcast. And it's called You Must Remember This by Karina Longworth. Um, She does stories about Hollywood, uh, lost and forgotten stories of Hollywood. And uh, that's where the story came from. I will put a link in the notes if you're interested in hearing that podcast, which is excellent. All right. So this is the story of Dorothy Stratton. She was born in British Columbia. Um, Her family didn't have much money. They had to rely on welfare sometimes. When she was uh, 17 years old, she was working at a Dairy Queen when she was discovered by a guy named Paul Snyder. Paul Snyder was a dance club impresario slash pimp. When he first saw her, he told a friend, that girl could make me a lot of money. He convinced her that she would have to pose nude in order to have a career in the movies, which actually was a lie. The truth is actually that um, even the most successful like Playboy playmates were kind of thought of as damaged goods in Hollywood. She really didn't want to do this photo shoot, but uh, she felt like she had to if she wanted to, to help her career. So these photos were given to Playboy, 
and apparently they were pretty successful. Um, so Playboy asked her to come and do a test shoot for them. She did that, and that was successful. And uh, eventually she was chosen to be a playmate. After that, uh, Hugh Hefner started grooming her specifically for stardom. He put her in small roles in film and TV. And apparently she was really good at those roles. In other words, she actually had some talent. She wasn't just a, a body or a face. She actually could act. So um, in the meantime, Paul Snyder, this guy, is still around. And he was feeling increasingly left out of Dorothy's career and access to her money. Remember, he was interested in her money from the very beginning. Uh, so he pressured Dorothy to marry him. So here's Dorothy Stratton, 19 years old. Um, she, uh, she does marry him kind of against everybody's advice and against her own better judgment. So there's a story about what happened later um, at this time when Dorothy was hanging out at the Playboy Club, which is what you're supposed to do if you're a, a playmate. And um, there's varying accounts of the story, but um, one account is that Hugh Hefner pressured Dorothy to have sex with him against her will. So around about this time, a Dorothy met a man named Peter Bogdanovich, who was a popular, successful film director. And um, they started to get to know each other and kind of skipping ahead is they started having a relationship. So Paul Snyder, who was at this point Dorothy's husband, um, realized that his, um, his wife was kind of slipping away from him and it became harder for him to, to uh, influence her and uh, make money off of her. At one point, um, Playboy gave Dorothy a puppy, and uh, Snyder poisoned the puppy. That's the kind of guy he was. So around about this time, um, she was chosen to be the Playmate of the Year. And um, so she, had, she did this other shoot. And um, she said that the only way she could get through the shoot was by focusing on her hatred for the men who were forcing her to do this. Her hatred became like an invisible shield. So um, Paul Snyder um, realized that things were kind of slipping away from him, and he realized that Dorothy was having an affair with uh, Peter Bogdanovich. He hired uh, detectives to, to photograph them, and uh, he also tried to uh, figure out a way to get hold of Dorothy's money. He actually hired uh, a blonde woman to pretend to be Dorothy and go to the bank and try to remove money from Dorothy's private account. He was not successful at that, and when Dorothy found out about it, she realized that uh, she need, needed to really cut herself off from this man, and she filed a letter of separation. So Dorothy shot a movie called uh, They All Laughed um, as the lead, with, uh, and it was directed by uh, Bogdanovich, and uh, apparently, I haven't seen it, but apparently it was a good movie, and Dorothy did very well in it. So Dorothy was basically on the verge of becoming a, a, a big star. Well, she kind of she was a fairly big star, even though she was only twenty years old. Uh, she was she was pretty successful, but she was really on the road to being a, a huge star. Um, so she agreed to meet uh, her her estranged husband, Paul Snyder, um, to sort out financial things before the divorce. And um, then all we have now are accounts from the police. She was found shot in the face dead, and Paul Snyder was found shot, apparently from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So those are the, the facts of Dorothy's story. Um, it's a 
terrible, horrific story. It's a story of a, a woman who was beautiful, who was cut down when she was 20 years old. But, but why? You know, why? I think it's because the industry destroyed her, you know? The industry and the culture of the industry. Um, so here's this guy, this, this the man who actually killed her, um, and he was trying to make money from her. And he, he was making money. for He was using her. But, you know, the reason that Paul Snyder was able to make money off of her is because of the porn industry. You know, if the porn industry didn't exist to exploit her in that way, then then Snyder couldn't have, couldn't have used her. And kind of like every step of the way, um, there were places where Dorothy, like, didn't want to do it. But she was persuaded by an older Svengali type who convinced her that it was a good idea. The other thing that really comes to mind is that this is a this is a extreme story, um, both because of how how famous she was and also of of how horrific the the circumstances of her death. But the reason that that I'm wanted to talk about it today is because I think that this is just an extreme version of something that is happening on a daily basis to to hundreds of thousands of women. You know, Dorothy was exploited and, and murdered. Um, but I think this is also, I think this is happening to, you know, every woman to a, a greater or lesser degree who appears in pornography. And I think it's important for us to realize, you know, if, if we are, are consuming pornography, that there is a person here. There's a person in those photos or those Im- those images or th- or that movie. There's a person there who very possibly did not want to does not want to be there. Perhaps perhaps she's feeling hatred towards the photographer. Perhaps she's just trying to figure out how she's going to pay the rent. Um perhaps she's on drugs. Um it's in any case, when you when you hear the details of the story, it's not a happy story. You know, I, there are probably women who are like, you know, find it very empowering to be in the sex trade. But I have to believe what I know about myself and what I know about human nature that majority of people doing this would really prefer not to. You know, what would have happened to Dorothy if she just kept working at the Dairy Queen, you know? Maybe she would have married somebody um, and become a housewife. Maybe she would have uh, become a secretary. That was something that I think she was interested in doing back then. Um, maybe she would have been able to be an actress, that um, successful actress, because she was really talented at that. But because she got involved in this industry, because men... Uh, convinced her to to join to uh engage in this industry um she died so basically i don't want i don't want you to feel bad about yourself i don't want to feel bad about myself but i think it's really just important to think about what we're what we're doing here when we're looking at pornography is that we're uh, a little in, in a little small way we're kind of complicit in this exploitation of these of these human beings and it's because we are feeding uh, 
this industry, just maybe with our time and our energy and our and our eyes, that women get destroyed in this way and in small ways or, or large ways. So if we can free ourselves from from this compulsion, from this addiction, we are we are we will be acting more in integrity with our true selves. And that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. You can find links to some of the things I talked about in the show notes. If you have questions or comments, if you want to watch the Brickhouse web series or listen to other podcast episodes, go to BrickhouseWebSeries.com. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know how you're doing. Remember, don't give away your integrity.